This is one of my favorite things right now is looking at every new thing, every new opportunity as an adventure and trying to be excited about all the ups and downs. Because if you look at the whole thing as the adventure, then when something slows you down or something that you normally would perceive as bad happens, you're like, oh, well, that's just part of it. And you just keep moving. Welcome to The Digital Dreamer, where we believe it's possible to escape the suffocating 9 to 5, achieve financial independence, have the freedom to do the things you love, and contribute to the greater good, all by being smart about digital marketing. Hi everyone, I'm Abby. And I'm Kim. Welcome to episode 16 of The Digital Dreamer podcast. This week we are talking about creating a business in the new year. New year, new business. I think that this is something we can all get behind. Well, I think right now is the perfect time to start a business, so that's why I'm really excited to talk about this. So, we are sitting side by side today. We are. I am here in Kansas. My friend is getting married this weekend, so I flew in for the wedding, and I'm very excited for it. What is new with you? I have had a very slow week. Nothing big and exciting this week. But I have this big obsession with watching reels about camping and camper vans. I totally want a camper van. I know you were saying that you want to get one. And, you know, I think you'd have fun with it. I just, I can't imagine I would have fun with that. But but honestly, I've seen those TikToks and reels and they are so addictive because you're like, oh, that looks fun. But like, realistically, I know I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. So I think I look at, I, I would really like to have a house or a beach property somewhere around Savannah, Tybee Island. But then I also want a house in Colorado. And then I think, oh, I've never even hardly spent time on the West Coast, but I can't afford to have out that many houses. And so then I go, oh, I could have a camper van and then I could just travel to all the places. But do you know how expensive those things are? Yeah. The really the really nice ones are like $200,000. You're like, I might as well just buy a house. <laughs> and so, well, and so then I'm like, huh. So then I started watching things about camping and I saw somebody call it car camping and I got really excited about it. And then I'm like, oh, that's just like regular camping. Yeah, it's like glamping, but the car version. I know. And so then I started looking at, did you know that they sell glamping tents? You can actually Google or search glamping tents on Amazon, and they have all these tents that look like mansions. And I'm like, now that would be kind of fun. But I'm afraid that if I tried to take you, my children, with me, that it would be the same way it is when I take your sister's paddleboarding. We spent all this effort getting the whole camp set up so it looks really super fun. And then the minute it's set up, everybody's like, okay, I'm bored. Let's go home. (laughs) All right. So this week we are talking about starting a business in the new year. You've heard of new year, new me, and now this year it's new year, new business. Great. Now is the perfect time to start a business. I think the year 2022 and then the year 2023 are going to be huge years. I mean, we've already seen a lot of people start businesses in 2022, but I think 2023 is going to be even bigger for that. I think that we're going to see a lot of people start businesses 
out of necessity because as our economy is more and more uncertain and as more people, I'm seeing lots of people right now getting laid off from their jobs. You know, at first it was, oh, we don't want to go into the office and people, there was all of that. And then we had the quiet quitting thing. And now I feel like it's almost like the ball is back in the employer's court and the employers are having their own financial things go on with their business and they're having to lay people off. And so for anybody who is worried just about stability in their job and their income and you know worried about how you're going to support your family, which are all big concerns, this is a great time to start something alongside while you're already employed by somebody else. I definitely agree because then you don't have to be worried that if you get laid off, if you get fired, that you're just completely screwed. You will you will have already started building something and then hopefully you'll have enough money saved up that when you're laid off, you can start to transition this side hustle into your full-time business if that's what you want to do. So I don't want anybody listening here to think, oh no, you're not talking to me. This isn't my thing because... If you are somebody who doesn't have any ideas or you don't think that you could make it work, we are going to address all of those things in this episode. And then my biggest thing is I feel like a lot of people don't start their business because they don't feel ready. But I'm here to tell you that you're never going to feel 100% ready. And so if you're always waiting until you feel 100% ready to start, you're never going to start. So I say don't feel 100% ready and do it anyway. Yeah, and we talked a lot in our last episode about how that is just a big form of procrastination because you don't feel like you're ready, you don't feel good enough. So don't let that mindset affect you. If the, if you have an idea, if there's something you want to do, you just need to jump in because you are going to learn as you go. Nobody in business knew everything that they know now on day one. You learn and you grow over time. Truly, the best way to learn and grow with your business is from hands-on experience. You can only learn so much by by watching all the YouTube videos ever and reading all the articles ever and reading all the books. At some point, you have to get hands-on experience and just start because there's only so much you can do from just research. Yeah, and I hate the phrase imposter syndrome, but I do feel like there's a general understanding of what imposter syndrome means. So don't let imposter syndrome stop you. Nobody really knows what they're doing. Even the people who think they know or do, who you look at them and you're like, oh, that person has it all together. That person is doing great. Even those people don't. You can look at a lot of the influencers on Instagram, for example. And sometimes when they're having a really honest moment, they share their struggles. They tell you what's really going on. And you will find that no matter how successful people are, they all feel like they don't know what they're doing. They all feel like they're a failure at times. Right. You have to remember that most people are using their social media slash whatever, however they promote their business as a highlight reel. Most of them are not going to be over here constantly posting about how they don't feel good enough because then why would you buy from them? So of course they're going to be like, I know everything. But just know that even they, even these people that you think know everything, they have it all together, they seem like such experts, 
they at some point started just like you. They still probably have moments where they are like, I have no idea what I'm doing, where they're feeling imposter syndrome. So don't let not feeling ready stop you or feeling like you don't know enough. Because like we said, you're going to learn as you go. Yeah. So some of the ways, some of the things that you might say to yourself if you are throwing up your own roadblocks that are keeping you from even getting started, it might be things like, no one wants to hear what I have to say, or I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. I'm not an expert. I don't know as much as so-and-so. There's already too many people who do what I do. It's a crowded market, or I don't have the time. Those are all things that are ways of stalling, things that you are telling yourself, limiting beliefs that you are telling yourself to keep you from actually moving forward. Yeah, we just have to embrace the unknown and look forward to the adventure of it all. I think we've said this so many times in our in our podcast over all of our episodes about how the finish line is great, but there's so much fun and adventure in the whole timeline. It's- this is one of my favorite things right now is looking at every new thing, every new opportunity as an adventure and just trying to be excited about all the ups and downs. Because if you look at the whole thing as the adventure, then when something slows you down or something that you normally would perceive as bad happens, you're like, oh, well, that's just part of it. And you just keep moving. So why should you start your own business? Chances are, if you're thinking about starting a business, then you have an idea that you are passionate about and it's something that you care about and you'll be happy doing something that you love. You'll find fulfillment. And I feel like that is one of the biggest things that people are looking for right now is just that sense of fulfillment from what they're doing. They, We all want to feel like what we're doing makes a difference. And so I feel like when you work for somebody else, at least for me, that is one of the biggest reasons why I always get unsatisfied working for somebody else because I feel like, well, why am I spending all of my talents and all of my energy making somebody else rich when I could be making that money for myself? And and one of my other things that's kind of related is you pour your heart sometimes into working for somebody else and then you cease to exist or to be important to them the day you stop working for them. It's like you fell off the place, face of the planet and they forgot who you are. And so for me, I just don't see the value in pouring all of my efforts into somebody who isn't going to care about me the day I quit. Well, and don't you want to wake up every morning like ready to jump out of bed because you're so excited about your business that you created and you love what you do and you can't wait to to do more of it? Like that's the dream, isn't it? You yeah. have a job that doesn't feel like a job. That's what everyone wants. Yeah. A job that's just fun. It yeah. doesn't feel like a job. Yeah. And so when you have your own business, you can control your lifestyle and your schedule and you're your own boss. So I know. Like, for example, I flew here to Kansas on a Tuesday in the morning. Like, you know, if I had a, a regular nine to five, I might not be able to do that. Right. And we get to choose who we work with, um, who we hire as freelancers who we have on our team, who we have as clients. And if we don't enjoy working with somebody, then 
we're, we're not going to have them as a client. Or if they don't have the same personal values that are really important to us. Whereas when you're working for a company, they might, your company might have the same overall values as you, but you might end up doing work for someone within the other company that, that doesn't share those values. And you, and when you have your own business, you can choose who you're spending your time with. Another one that's really important to me is not just the ability to be creative, but the ability to say what I want to say and not be boxed in by somebody else's constraints. So when I worked for other companies, if I wanted to post something on LinkedIn, I had to make it clear that these are my thoughts, not the company I work for. Because sometimes they have very, companies have very particular rules about what you can and cannot say or what they believe in as a company. And so, uh, and, and I'm not even talking about being political or sharing those types of thoughts. Just, but just some companies are just weird about you mm-hmm. saying like anything. And lastly, if you are wanting to escape your nine to five and have financial freedom, starting your own business is the best way to do this. Another thing that starting your own business is great for is just having more job security. So even if your business you're starting is just a side hustle and you're keeping your nine to five, this is extra job security and an extra form of income. Well, yeah, it's like having a security blanket. It's something that if something bad happens, you have this safety net. Like I'm sure we all have things that we're like, man, if I just had a little bit more money, this is something I would definitely spend money on. Uh, that I would buy for my own happiness. So if you have, even if you're not quitting your full-time job, but you're starting a business as a side hustle, maybe that's what you're going to spend that money, that extra income on. You're going to spend it on those things that you have always said, if I only had enough money, I would do this. I say we all start our own businesses and we start, we buy a big chunk of land and we all go glamping. I thought you were going to say, and we all build little tiny houses and we have just a small business, tiny house neighborhood. Oh, that would be Wait, fun Wait, that's too. actually a really good idea. That would be kind of fun. Okay. Just nobody stole our idea. We came up with that. <laughs> right here. You heard it. Okay. So a lot of times people don't want to get started because they're like, oh, well, Again, like it's a limiting belief, but I don't have anything to offer. I don't have anything that makes me special. All of those kinds of thoughts. But I guarantee you, everybody has something that they can start a business around. The first thing I always think that you should think of, this isn't this isn't even just for starting a business. It's also when you're trying to find your niche, like as a content creator. The first thing I think everyone should always think about is what is something that you could just talk and talk and talk about forever to anyone who would listen. You could just, you're, you love to talk about it. You could just go on and on and on. What is something that you could talk about forever? And then what are things that you get excited about? Do you have causes you get excited about? Passions, hobbies. Do you have a hobby that's unique or even a hobby that's very common? There is a guy that just sold his podcast to a company that has something to do with horses. The podcast is called the Horse Radio Network. He had a series, a bunch of different types of podcasts. He's one of the longest running podcasters. Very, very niche. It was called the Horse Radio Network. I mean, like I would have never guessed in a million years that that was something. That there's such a huge audience for that? Yes. I know. That somebody would pay him a bunch of money to take that podcast over. 
and he's still going to be on running the podcast, but now somebody else owns it and he got paid a bunch of money for it. I mean, that is super cool to me. So don't think that what you know a lot about is something nobody else is interested in. You will find your people or your people will find you. I mean, just think in general, how many times does something come across your For You page on TikTok or something? And you're like, wow, this feels really targeted toward me specifically. And it has like 200,000 likes, but it's something so specific, right? That's why I think if you're really interested in something or you have a passion about something or you can talk about something forever, you're always going to find people who are like, oh yeah, me too. And then think too about what do people need right now Something specific to where we are in the world with the pandemic or where we are in the world with the economy. What are some things that people need right now? How are they hurting? What problems can you solve? I think about all the things that we didn't know that we needed until the pandemic happened. And then all of these things popped up out of necessity. Like we didn't take advantage of delivery groceries or food delivery. I mean, I did, but that's because I um, live in a big city. But, but yes, but but for example, but it became more mainstream. Like, grocery delivery was something I always like. Even pre-pandemic, got done in New York because it saves me time. I don't have to carry all the groceries. But the pandemic introduced that to so many other people, and now things like Instacart are huge, huge because now everyone's using stuff like Instacart, um, Target same day delivery. <laughs> you know, another thing that came out of the pandemic is that we have to tip on everything, including takeout food. Because now it's just part of the form that you figure out. (laughs) Who said there's no such thing as a free lunch? Iris Digital Media Group is serving up your digital marketing lunch. Each Thursday, join us as we deliver news that fuels your marketing, nourishes your soul, and energizes your efforts. Sign up on our website at irisdigitalmediagroup.com. Go to the resource page and scroll to the form for the digital marketing lunch at the bottom of the page. Then open your email and join us for lunch each Thursday for juicy marketing news. And let us entertain you with bad puns that make you laugh a latte because time is money. (laughs) But I also think about things like I love eating outside and in New York, everybody, so that the restaurants could still survive, went to setting up restaurant tables on the street. And and, and now the, the mayor permanently um, restricted some of these streets so that a lot of these restaurants are able to keep their tables outside. So, so now after the pandemic, they did it to survive during the pandemic, but now some of these restaurants have maybe even doubled their dining space by being able to keep the outside portions open. Definitely, and this is kind of a topic, but it it is beneficial for the restaurants and for New York City because New York City is trying to cut down on the amount of cars that are on the streets. And so by <laughs> shutting down some of these streets and being like, oh yeah, restaurants, you can use those for outdoor seating. Now, now less cars can are going to be on those streets because... Interesting. You know? Interesting. But anyway, so just thinking about what people need or what they don't even know they need that you could offer that solves a problem. But even if you are intrigued, but you don't know how you would make money from your idea, just start. For example, is there something that you love? Maybe you're a theater mom and you want to start a podcast just talking to other theater moms about 
your kid's experience growing up in the theater world. Or, I don't know, maybe you like comedy and you decide that you want to personally get to know a whole bunch of comedians. Maybe you start a podcast about comedy and you bring all these people on your show and develop relationships with them. Right. Your your business idea doesn't have to be something that when you're first starting out, you monetize. It could just be that you have a podcast and you're building up people who love the podcast. And as that grows, then you start, na- you'll naturally start thinking of ways, you know, that you're going to start monetizing this and making money. And you might make money from ads that you sell. You might make money from ads related to your own products. You might be able to create a course around it eventually. Or a book. Maybe you build up a huge social media following because you do have a lot of people who are like, oh yeah, this is a really cool topic. And even if you haven't found a way to monetize it, maybe you start tapping into the creator funds that the social media platforms offer. And so you're able to monetize it that way. Or maybe you start up an Amazon storefront and you're always talking about products for theater moms, if we're still on that topic, on your podcast. And then you have the link in the show notes. And then people, all the theater moms are like, oh my gosh, we need all these theater mom things from your Amazon storefront. Yeah. I also think about, do you have any kind of knowledge that could become a service or a product? Like, do you make something that other moms are like, oh my gosh, you make the best, sticking with the theater mom thing again, you make the best ornaments for every show. Could you just make those for us every time and the whole cast will buy those? We used to do this thing where for every show, the theater would create a special Christmas ornament for your tree. And so my girls have a million years worth of- One from like every every show, show at least one a year. Yeah. Maybe you are great at baking cookies or decorating cakes. Or I always have people who would ask me, who still ask me about meal prepping. And they are like, you should just start a business around that. And while I could, it's not something I'm excited enough about for that to be my life that I talk about it all the time. But start paying attention to those things where people go, that where people come to you and ask you for advice a lot on a topic or where they say, you know, you really could do that as a job. Wait, you mean I could sell my famous spinach artichoke dip? Why, yes. <laughs> yes, you could. Okay, I have to. Here's another awesome idea. So I have a friend who used to be a TV broadcaster. She worked in um, TV production, actually. And she was getting to the point where she hated her job. And she started something She was making her own keto dough so that she could have keto pizza. And it was the same thing. She realized that she was onto something. She had a recipe that was really tasty. It came together and didn't fall apart like a lot of the recipes you find. And so first she started making it just for a small group of friends. And then that circle expanded by word of mouth. But she started having meetups where she would bake and say, okay, in North Kansas City, meet me at this quick trip today and I will drop off your orders. And it was something super informal. Then the pandemic about killed her business. She was starting to get into a bunch of grocery stores and the pandemic pretty much killed it. But she stuck around and she has found a way to survive. So she has a great product called Fatty Head Keto Crust, or anyways, Fatty Head, fattyhead.com. 
And it is an awesome company where she has just, every time it looks like the business is going to fail, she finds another way to survive. And now she has just a bunch of local restaurants that sell her dough. Yeah, and and I you told me that she said recently that she started selling it wholesale. Yeah, there's a an app, it's like a farmer's market app that she is on where it's a whole bunch of people who are independent who like farmers who you can go pick your produce, pick your locally created products and then they're all delivered to your house. So there's lots of ways that if you have something don't count your idea out. She wouldn't rent it a commercial kitchen until she started partnering with some of these other restaurants. But when there's a great idea, you will find the way if you believe in your idea enough. All right, so now we have the idea. How do we start our business? Well, obviously, first you have to come up with your business idea. And a few things you need to think about when you're coming up with this idea is how is your business or product different from other people's? Because a lot of ideas... You know, they're very similar. So how are you going to stand out? Because even if you have an almost identical idea to someone, your your spin on it, because you're your own person, is different. But you need to think about how do you stand out from others? How are you different? Why would people choose you over someone else? And depending on what you're selling, a lot of time it's just your own unique perspective on the world and your own personality that help make your idea different. We could have multiple people who are speakers speaking on the topic of mental health, but they approach it differently from their own lived experiences. And so they're really not competing against each other because they have, they're have they coming at it from different perspectives. Next, you have to think about if there's actually a customer base for your idea. I think we said earlier, for the most part, almost anything probably serves someone. But you have to make sure you're very clear about what the problem is that your business solves and what kind of customer you're selling to. And you need to make sure there's actually people who are going to buy this product. So just making sure that what you're doing is clear and easy to understand and that your business is solving a problem that people have. Oh my gosh, you know when you go to someone's Instagram page and you're like, what do they do? Because they have so much content on their page and they're, they're, they clearly have customers, but you're like, there is nothing on here that tells me what you do, what your business is. Like, so it needs to be very clear and easy to understand what you do, who you're selling to, what the problem you're solving is. Yeah. So a little bit ago, I was making fun of that phrase that we're using, limiting belief. And I think that that's a good one where you get a lot of marketers who, I help women overcome their limiting beliefs. Okay, if I have a limiting belief, sometimes I don't even know I have a limiting belief, and I am not going to Google, how do I overcome my limiting belief about not wanting to start a business? Or how do I stop overcome my limiting beliefs about money? I, I had somebody tell me once when I didn't want to buy for them, oh, you have a money mindset issue. And I'm like, no, I just, I just don't believe I just don't in your product. Your product. <laughs> so once you have your brilliant idea, next you are going to write up a business plan. And your business plan should address some of the things that we just talked about as far as, you know, what is your idea? 
Who is your audience? What is the potential for that audience? How do you plan to market your business? But this is something that you don't need to get super bogged down in unless you are going to a bank or an investor to fund your startup costs because then they're going to want to be able to see the numbers and know that their investment is safe. Yeah, and speaking of startup costs, there are certain costs that you know come with starting a business. But we've talked a couple times about on our podcast about some options if you want to start a business that are little to no cost to start. But you have to know if you're going to start a massive corporation, obviously there's going to be startup costs. But if what you're worried about is funds, there are lots of ways to start your business with little to no cost up front. One of the early startup costs, though, is that you do need a bank account, which does not cost you money other than that you have to have money to start the account with. And you should seek legal advice, have somebody help you set up your business entity. And I remember a couple years ago when we were first starting our company, Abby had a friend who said, what? I don't need to do that. And kind of made fun of the fact that we were working with a lawyer to set up our our company. And it's like, well, you might think you don't need to do that, but if you want to protect yourself legally down the road... It's a good idea. Yeah, like what happens when um, someone sues you and even if you didn't do what they're claiming, they win and then you have to give away your house. Like, wouldn't you rather be protected from that? I think that's a that's a good protection to have here. I mean, you've heard about, what was it, that whole Disney Etsy thing where like Disney came for a bunch of Etsy creators who were using their trademark stuff and a ton of people like lost their houses, mm. like went bankrupt because they all got sued. Plus, it's just good to have a relationship with an attorney who can tell you when you're doing dumb stuff like using a trademarked Disney thing. Exactly. I mean, I really hope by now we all know it's common sense not to do that. But then you also have to think about what is your business going to be called? This one for me, especially because I'm so indecisive, this is probably the hardest step for me because I'm like, I'm going to be stuck with this. Technically, you don't have to be stuck with it, but you should really marinate on it and think of something that you really like so when you're looking for like trying to think of a name i would say a good way thing to do is brainstorm with your friends and family because sometimes they might say something that you don't necessarily like but it it triggers something else in your brain that comes up with a name you really do like but you do need to make sure it's not a trademark name and make sure that there's not a ton of other businesses that have this exact same name because it's going to be really hard for you to rank in search engines if you and 800 other people are called Iris Digital Media Group, um, which is our name. <laughs> but it's also really important when you're looking for a name for your business to make sure that you're able, you're going to be able to secure those social media handles and a website domain. And you should secure these domains and social media handles really early on even if there's a social media platform that you're like I don't plan on using that it's a good idea to secure the name for that in case it suddenly in two years becomes the most popular thing ever you want to have your name secured on there every time for me my name my personal name every single time a new app comes out I immediately go to it even if I don't want it right now and I secure my name because I'm like I want my name 
I was late to the party with Be Real. Somebody took my name, so I'm Abby R. Peak on there. I learned my lesson with that one. But I'm usually really good about signing up for things really fast hmm. so I can have my my name. I'm sure that person, because I'm Abby Peak on everything, was like, yes, finally. Like <laughs> <laughs> I finally got to own my name. <laughs> And then you also want to think about where is your business going to operate? Are you going to be an online-only business? Are you going to operate in a certain state? Are you going to need a building? All of those things, just where are you going to function? And again, right now, again, depending on what you are, the less overhead, the better. So if it's a business that can operate out of your home, that's going to be great for just keeping your expenses low while you're trying to get things off the ground. Yeah, and you also need to think about, do you need to hire a team or is this going to be a one-woman show? I would say if you can start without a team, you should at least try to do that. Like we're saying, try to keep your your initial overhead costs really low, but that is something you need to think about. Like As you grow, are you going to need to start building a team? And then as you grow and you need more things, you can hire people for project-specific work off of something like Upwork or Fiverr, or you could hire students or interns. There's lots of ways to ease into having a larger team too, but you don't need to always spend that money up front. But you should, if you know you're weak in an area, you should surround yourself by with people who have the skills that you know you're lacking. Just remember, guys, good bosses don't know how to do everything, but they do know how to hire people who know how to do the things that they're they're not as strong in. That's what makes a that's what makes a good leader and a good boss. Yeah. If you are gonna have products or even services, how are you going to fulfill these products or services? Do you ship products out? Are you using a supplier? Are you doing something like print on demand where you basically create the design and they take care of everything else for you? That's something you also have to think of because like we said, you know with overhead costs, shipping can get to be really expensive, especially around the holidays. And so if you have a a set shipping price and it's suddenly super expensive to ship something, you don't want to be losing money. Well, and if you're doing something like shipping t-shirts or mugs or products, you need to think about who's going to assemble all those packages and get them ready to go be mailed because... I think we mentioned this on another episode. That is a time-consuming task that I am having no part of. God, I, yeah. If I had to be in charge of shipping my own packages, um, they would sit in my car forever. Oh, me too. You know when you you know you're like you have something in your car. You're like, I'm gonna take this to Goodwill, and then it sits in your car for a good six months. Anyone else do that, or or are we alone in that? Maybe we're alone in that. I have a box or two <laughs> sitting in the garage that we boxed up to send to Sarah's friends. About 18 months ago, they had some of her old film school things that she thought some friends would want. They're addressed and everything. They never left the garage. So not my strong point. Okay, now on to the fun part of business, branding. So this is where you get to design your logo, pick out your color schemes and fonts, and figure out your brand's overall identity and feel. And we have a brand adjective checklist, which is just a really fun way to help you start to articulate what your brand is all about. It has 90 adjectives and you just go through it and you kind of circle the ones that resonate with you. And it's a great tool for just starting to make sure that the content you create, the colors you choose, all of those things 
Right. I think it's a great first step because if you are like, my brand, it should feel calming. You're not going to choose neon orange as one of your colors. True. So we'll put the link to that download in the show notes. Also, you will want to create a website or figure out where you're going to house your products or host your business, all those things. Such as, are you going to do it on Etsy or Shopify or Amazon? Or are you going to have your own website? Just where are you going to run your business from? And then in addition to that, you should work on building up your mailing list so that you have people who are constantly getting updates about your business and new products. And we have an entire episode on mailing lists, so definitely check that one out. I think we have two whole episodes on mailing lists. So yes, definitely a good one. But again, don't let these things, all the legal and website and branding things, stop you. You can still make progress on getting your business started while you're working on all of these things. So if you're going to get bogged down in all the technical details, just do that slowly while you are talking to friends and family about what you have to offer. You can start talking about your product on your personal Facebook account, your personal LinkedIn. Just start to feel people out. See if they get excited about what you're talking about and then start developing those websites and the business plan and all of those based on the feedback that you're hearing. Yeah, starting a business is not going to happen overnight, but if you don't start now, you're just going to keep putting it off. And something we always say is that time passes regardless. Time is going to pass regardless. So you might as well get started now. Well, and that's why I wanted to talk about this now, because I, I do see people losing jobs, but I don't hear as many of the people in my circle, at least, that are sounding desperate. And no matter what all your gurus tell you, nothing happens overnight. It's the very, very few people that you hear about. But even people who appear to be overnight successes, when you really start to dig into their story, there are years and years and years of behind-the-scenes work that we just didn't see. So nothing's going to happen overnight. If anybody promises you that something's going to happen overnight, it's a scam Don't give them your money, but just start thinking about what can you offer? What can you do? And how can you start dipping your toes in so that if you need this money, when the time is right, whatever, you are able to take that leap. And that is a great segue into what we're going to talk about next week, which is how I'd become a content creator if I were starting today. So we are going to tell you what we would do if we were starting completely over as content creators today. Yes, and I have one more thing, just as a side note. It has nothing to do with this next podcast. Okay. But I was just thinking, we are getting ready to go on some really fun trips. And we talk about this every episode, I feel like. But we mention that your social media platforms are starting to become more like search engines. And every time we get ready to go on a, on a trip, I think about this because Abby starts searching for restaurants and entertainment ideas on Instagram using Instagram keywords and hashtags. And this is only going to become more and more of a thing because this is what people are doing now. So if you're a restaurant, if you're an entertainment venue, If you are something location-based where people come to your city to do something, 
start using those hashtags and start using those phrases in your captions so that when somebody's traveling and looking for the cool thing to do, you show up. This is one of my favorite ways to find fun things to do in cities that we visit that aren't total tourist traps. And you nowadays, you can do this on TikTok too. It's not just Instagram, but I used to seriously, back when it was mainly, you couldn't do keyword searches on Instagram. I was um, like searching hashtags like eat eating in Hawaii, eat Hawaii, you know, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) Los Angeles eats, you know, so you can, it's a, that's a great way for businesses. And also just, you know, if you're, if you're traveling, just try that tip. It's very, it's very useful. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate us five stars, share with a friend and subscribe.